This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. I didn't know if I could hate myself anymore, but Joe, I watched the Steelers and the Patriots last night. And as a Steelers fan, in fact, yes, I do hate myself more this morning. Good day. It is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. Joseph, that was painful for me to watch. That was bad. That was that was not good. Did you at any point consider the old emotional hedge? Your team is playing, but you bet against your team so Mm. that you walk away with something because we did during Pizza Money yesterday lay out a great case for New England plus six. You certainly did, and it obviously hit, and I did not consider it because I was in such uh, an emotional fetal position (laughs) watching that (laughs) offense that I couldn't really consider it. Joe, here's how bad it got last night, and – I I can't believe this is the case. At one point, uh, mid-third quarter, my wife, who, you know, is a big sports fan herself, says to me as she's walking toward her office, hey, uh, would you do me a favor and uh, take a look at the font for our Christmas card? Mm. In the middle of a Steelers game. Important stuff, though. In the middle of of a Steelers game. Yeah. Had absolutely no problem with it. (laughs) You indulged. Went right back there. No problem. (laughs) Wasn't wait for a commercial. No. Let me come back and do that now. I'm not missing anything here. No. (laughs) No, 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 no. The old urgency versus importance uh, quad box that that they teach in business school. Like, is this urgent? Is it important? Is it both? This is both urgent and important, and I will handle this because the thing I'm currently doing, not urgent, and sadly for Steeler fans, not important. Well, put it this way. If me looking at this font on a computer screen was in the quad box as opposed to watching the Steelers, I would have watched that. <laughs> it was bad. I mean, as a Steeler fan, how are you feeling today? Because there was a there was a belief a few weeks ago that this team wasn't just a playoff team, that they might be able to make a run at the division because Cincinnati was down, Cleveland was down due to injuries. The Ravens were good, but maybe, just maybe, this team could find a way. And now here we are a few weeks later, and it's a different story this second half of the season. Well, A, that belief never existed in me because I I knew what I was looking at. B, uh, over the course of the last five days, you've lost now to the Cardinals and the Patriots. That pretty much lays it all out for me. And and C, um, I am in the position right now mentally as a fan that you never want to be in, where I'm almost angry that they would win some of these games. Where I, not because of the draft pick or anything like that. Like, no, I know you're a fraud and I don't want to indulge your fraudery. And how dare you try to hook me in by winning football games in ways that you have no business doing. Yeah, you don't want to get your hopes up. I completely understand where you're coming from. I mean, yeah. they were prior to last night, they were seven and one in one score games. Seven and one. Like we've talked about this before going back to last year. Teams that perform abnormally well or abnormally poorly in one-score games, that regression is eventually coming. Sometimes it happens sooner. In the case of the Steelers, it's sooner. In the case of the Vikings, it took a season. In the case of the Seattle Seahawks, it took like four years. There's like a four-year stretch where the Seahawks were winning every one-score game pretty much, and then it caught up to them a couple years ago. So that's always something you want to keep an eye on when you're determining whether or not a team is truly as legitimate as the record indicates. Because I don't believe in what Bill Parcells said about how your record is, who, who, what, what's the famous? You are what your record says right. you are. I don't believe yeah. that. I believe there are teams with better records than the team actually is and teams that are better than their record indicates. And I think that's something analytics and some of these, these data points can help us with. And with this Steelers team, 
it's ugly, man. Like, I'm wondering, and I'll, I'm just going to ask you this. Is there anything right now that they do well? Because we know the offense is a problem, but damn, how are you going to let Bailey Zappi touch you up like that at home on a Thursday night? I'm glad you asked the question because the answer is no. And it's, do you truly believe that, that they just don't I do anything well? I, I, I absolutely do. I think they do some things average and on occasion above average. I think their defense is completely a mirage. They may only be giving up 19 points a game, Joe, but they give up crucial Crucial plays in big spots when whether it's even in, you know, a late first quarter where you need to get off the field defensively, they can't do that. And they don't have the secondary right now for them to continue to be who their identity has been defensively for the longest time. And that is get after the quarterback, because when you go and when you blitz more, even with T.J. Watt, when you blitz more, you are not going to be sound on the back end. And I thought this was a great quote from Minka Fitzpatrick after the game. I think that, you know, dudes just think that because they're wearing the black and gold that they're going to win games. And I think we need, to, we need to check that mentality and make people realize that they got to earn that mentality and they got to earn every single blade of grass and every single splash play and every single rep that they get out there. They, they got to earn it. And Joe, that is the dangerous nature of that organization, but specifically with Mike Tomlin, because there is always the mentality of, well, we got this coach and we're going to dig out of this and we're going to win games because we are wearing the black and gold. And this is what the tradition of this team is. We don't have losing seasons. It doesn't happen. Well, watch that game last night and tell me that's not a losing team. All right. So here we go. Now we got to have a heavy conversation. And we talked about this yesterday. We said that there was a chance We didn't indicate whether it was good or bad. We just said that there was a chance that today sports talk radio TV could have the conversation about whether or not Mike Tomlin is going to work his way onto the hot seat. Now, a close win over New England, it's unlikely we discuss that. But at home, you went out and you lost to a two-win Patriot team that the week before scored zero points against an awful Chargers defense. This Patriot team has been a joke and a punchline for the big part of the season, and they just walked into your house on Thursday night and beat you. And they didn't just beat you in some ugly, low-scoring, very fortunate-to-be-here affair. They came out and they set the tone early, and they controlled the game and ended up winning. I'm wondering, and I'm not calling for the job. That's not what we do here. We're not going to yell and scream, but I'm curious – Is Mike Tomlin in a little bit of danger here? You're a Steeler fan. You're close to it. He's done a wonderful job, but this season is very different from what we're accustomed to seeing. Not yet because of who the organization is, and I'm fine with that. I I truly don't believe it's all the coach, although, I mean, there are some instances last night, like when they are going for it at their own 30-yard line and they have to call a timeout to discuss it beforehand. Like, mind-numbing how some of that game management goes with him sometimes. But listen... That's neither here nor there. He has a track record. And when you know what that track record with the organization is, you know that they just do not overreact. Now, the success has not been there in the postseason, and that is something that gets ignored. Like, we could talk about how quickly he'd have another job, and I get that. We can talk about uh, how much success he has had of getting the most out of the little of what he has sometimes on that roster. Absolutely true, all of it. I don't think Mike Tomlin's the problem here. Personnel's the problem. Personnel is not good enough. Their offensive line, Joe, has been bad for years. 
for four and five years, and they thought they had fixed it, and frankly, they haven't. It's it's not right now anywhere near where they thought it was going to be. It's okay at times. It's not nearly good enough. Their uh, Their weapons are... Not great weapons when I look around the field. Deontay Johnson, oh, he made a play. What a nice little change of pace that was. I've told you. I've told you since we started doing the show together. I've told people who will just not listen that Najee Harris is an average running back at best. That's what he is. Defensively, they have an amazing all-time defender in T.J. Watt. Mika Fitzpatrick is a great, great player. Hi, Smith. But they don't have enough there. I think the personnel across the board is not up to par and you can't continue to rely on somebody to get more out of less because that really does put a little more pressure on the coach doesn't it by the way i didn't even mention the quarterback situation and it has nothing to do with mitch trubisky and it has very little to do with kenny pickett who has not developed at all like anybody who wants to point to well they had trubisky last night no 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 no, that, last night was not all about that. No, you had Bailey Zappi on the other side. You don't get to play the backup Trubisky card when the other guy has two wins and he's playing the backup Bailey Zappi card. So that that's out the window. There is no, well, it's Mitch Trubisky. Nope, sorry. The other team was in the same handicapped situation you were, so you didn't get to use this. But I'm going to reposition this question another way. And again, I'm not calling for his job. I'm just saying how many situations out there would tolerate a head coach going seven consecutive seasons without a playoff win. Because if they don't win a playoff game this year, they will have avoided playoff success for seven consecutive seasons. The last time the Steelers won a playoff game was the divisional round against the Chiefs in 2016. Wow. 2016 is the last time we saw the Steelers win a playoff game. So, again, he's done a remarkable job, but he has been there a long time. And you're right. If Mike Tomlin were to part ways with the Steelers at the end of this year, much like Andy Reid with Philadelphia, he would immediately be somewhere else, and I'm confident he would have success. But I'm wondering, if you're in Pittsburgh right now, you haven't won a playoff game in what looks like it's going to be seven years. There are a lot of teams that have won a playoff game during that stretch. A lot. you got to figure, if you're not doing it this year, are you on track to maybe get back there next season? The division's not getting any easier. And when I look around, we just talked about it at the beginning of the segment, uh, what do they do well? Nothing. Can you solve that in one offseason? Yeah, it's a great question. I don't think the team will fire him now or, or at the end of this year. I don't think that's going to be a real discussion. I think it'll be a real discussion if you're sitting here at this time next season in a similar situation, not record-wise, but progress-wise. Yeah. And the progress just isn't there. You know what, Joe? Let's squeeze in a quick question, a quick call on this at 888-ESPN on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Here's Tim in West Virginia on the Steelers and Tomlin. Tim, Tim what do you got, bud? Hey, I've been watching the Steelers since the 50s, and they were horrible in the 50s and 60s. And they're getting back there now. They're stale. Mike Tomlin on the national media gets all kind of accolades. He's 3-7 and seven in playoff games since they were last in the Super Bowl. He was in the Super Bowl a couple times, but a lot of those players were drafted under Cowher. He is a big say on what personnel they get. You saying not to coach the personnel? He's the one making the personnel part choices. Of Absolutely, he he's a big part go. of that. I want Tim. I won't disagree with that. That's why I'm saying it's yeah. He's partially at fault here. Absolutely. I, I just don't knowing that organization. We talk about it all the time. Three coaches in 50 years. Who does that? Yeah, you're right. 
you're right. There are overrated aspects of it, and if you're three and seven since the Super Bowl or whatever the number is in the postseason, normally other coaches would have gotten cut loose by now because it's not good enough. It's okay because I trust that organization. They've earned it over the years to do the right thing, but I don't think it becomes a real discussion, Joe, until this time next year. Okay, and I can completely understand that. It's just worth visiting because – this team is starting to show some signs of dysfunction. They're not just struggling. There's yep. also some dysfunction. You know what? Thank you for this. Because it was a little bit cathartic for me. Oh. It was a little. Like, hey, you know what we say here. Let's get some lunch. Exactly. I physically feel better <laughs> than I did 11 minutes ago. <laughs> It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. And as you just heard, we want you to be a part of the Carlin versus Joe Nation on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. How about last night? In the NBA, you may not, you may look at the late game and think that wasn't a great game. You're not paying attention because the NBA hit a royal flush last night, Joe, in Vegas. Mm. (laughs) So corny. Oh, my God. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I can't believe I just read that. It's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, nice little evening. Two and one last night. Hit with the Patriots, hit with the Pacers, lost with the Pelicans. So up nine-tenths of a unit overall, 99 wins, 98 wins, 99 defeats, two draws, down 10.58 units. Slowly but surely scratching ourselves back to respectability. So we turn to the NFL on Sunday. Two bets for you here in the Chicago-Detroit game. Keep an eye on the weather all across the country this weekend. Several games will suffer from it. We're going to play under 43 points, Lions-Bears. We're also going to play Justin Fields over 73 and a half rushing yards. That's an alternate line, plus 140. 
Jared Goff historically plays very well out, plays very poorly. Jeez, Fortinball, get organized here. Plays very poorly outdoors in poor weather late in the season. That's his thing. He's from Marin County, north of the Golden Gate Bridge. He played his college ball at Cal. He started with the Rams. He doesn't play well outdoors in bad weather. It's going to be outdoor bad weather in Chicago this weekend. Justin Fields is going to be able to run all over this Bears defense or this Lions defense. I got to get out of this thing. I am doing an awful job here. <laughs> Pizza Money's one and two, under 43 in the Lions Bears, over 73 and a half rushing yards for Fields at plus 140. Good. For the first ever NBA Cup, will it be the Lakers or the Pacers? The Lakers blow out New Orleans in the semifinals, 133 to 89. Guys are buying into what we want to do defensively. We're helping each other with Shannon Ball offensively, and we're just playing Laker basketball right now. Kesty with the call last night on ESPN Radio and, of course, the Pacers-Lakers NBA in-season tournament championship is Saturday night. Coverage begins 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. It is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Don't forget about your smart speakers. If you're not following us on social media, like, that's on you. At Jay Fortenbaugh on Instagram, at that guy Carlin uh, on Instagram as well. And so here it is. The Lakers, who have taken this thing exceptionally seriously, led by LeBron James, blow the doors off the Pelicans last night. And it was it was okay early. It was 27-27. You're thinking, oh, this might be a decent game. And then LeBron took over. And I look at that game, and uh, 133-89, all right. You're going to lose by, what, 45 or 44, whatever that is? You think that's awful. You watched LeBron James last night, you understand that was not awful. LeBron James, for the first time in his career, Joe, scored 30 points in less than 30 minutes on the court. That's the first time in his career he did that? Ever. You would have just assumed that that had happened, I mean, considering how illustrious the career has been. Yeah. That's the first time 30 points in less than 30 minutes. Yeah. I would have scored. I would have thought he scored thirty in less than twenty at some point. Perhaps we've been overrating him all these years. <laughs> well, that's where the real discussion is. Triple H say ESPN. <laughs> oh man, it's it's. You well, know what? We're at that stage now where every time he plays, it's something new, right? Like he had the points record recently. He had the minutes record this season. Uh, he's got this going on. It's. It's a remarkable performance, and it's great to see him out in front of this thing, playing as hard as he is, leading the Lakers into this situation. I'm sure the league has to love it, right? The Lakers in the finals? I mean, it's incredible for them. Oh, it's perfect for them. Absolutely. And they get one of their other young stars out on the, you know, out on center stage as well for a little bit. We'll get to that in a minute. But just listen to LeBron last night on TNT after the game and what this game, what this all means to him right now. Listen, it's uh, it's still it's still December, so I'm not getting too crazy about the whole thing. I understand this is this thing has been great in season tournament, but it's still December, you know. So, uh, but it is another game for us to get better, and we want to we want to try to you know win the game because uh, you know we're a team that wants to get better every single game. We go out there every quarter, every possession, so we had another opportunity to do that. But he went on a little bit later, uh, talking about the fact that this offseason he had considered. Retirement. I don't know if that was ever really true or not, but here is the quote. If you decide to retire, whatever the case may be, you're not part of it anymore. So it wouldn't be me leaving it on the table because I never would have had the table set. In other words, I never would have been in this, but he's clearly into it. It's pretty cool right now. And let's see if we can capitalize it. That's what he said. They're into it. He's into it. And when you have this guy 
into it and feeling like it means something, then that convinces us all that it means something. And it's kind of like what we were talking about with Michael Wilbon yesterday. But I got to ask you this real quick. When we get to the point now, when we have LeBron doing these kinds of things, and now early in the year, everybody has gotten a chance to listen to all the hype that's been pumped up around Tyrese Halliburton. Could you have a better scenario for Saturday night right now? I, I know name teams versus name teams, but as far as Halliburton, this guy's been ridiculously good. And he is, this is not a flash in the pan. This is this is who this player is finally going to be, that level of star in the league. He is one of the faces of the emerging next crop of superstar talent. And I'm going to probably leave some guys out here, so stay calm, everybody. But between Halliburton and the coming out party he's had this season, um, De'Aaron Fox in Sacramento, Anthony Edwards in Minnesota, Shea Gilgis-Alexander in Oklahoma City, there's this young rising of talent that is going to be what we're privileged enough to watch over the next decade plus in the NBA. And I'm all for it. You're right. In terms of name recognition, if we had Lakers, Knicks, Lakers, Celtics, yes, of course, that would be probably the ultimate scenario, but you've got the savvy veteran, one of the game's all time greats, going up against the hot new up-and-comer on the block. I always love stories like that. We get those stories in boxing and in mixed martial arts all the time. Love a story like that for this weekend. And so Halliburton last night has 27, 15 assists, doesn't turn it over once in all of that. And then late in the game, hits a huge three with over a minute left, or with about 45 seconds left. And on the left wing, then turns and looks at his wrist and does the whole. He doesn't start tapping it like Dame, but he starts looking at it and he starts shaking it like, oh, is this broken? Love <laughs> it. Oh, no. No, no. It's our time now. Love it. Absolutely <laughs> love it. I mean, the team doesn't play a whole lot of defense, but you know what? Who cares? A lot of people want to see scoring, and they are one of the best scoring teams in the NBA. They play at a frenetic pace. They're up and down the court. Milwaukee gave them several big shots in that game. Milwaukee jumped out to a lead. The Pacers answered. Pacers took a big lead, and then the Bucks smacked them in the third quarter, and then they went back and forth in the fourth quarter, and you thought Milwaukee was going to be able to exert its, its veteran savvy, its dominance. No, no, no. Indiana was too much for him. Kept firing at him. Took out Giannis and Dame. Even if they lose to the Lakers tomorrow, Pacers have put the league on notice that they're not to be trifled with. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Someone is about to get a very rude wake-up call this weekend. We'll explain in moments after Joe has this from our friends at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Did you know one in four car batteries is weak and needs to be replaced. That's 25%. O'Reilly Auto Parts will test your battery free of charge. If your battery needs to be replaced, their professional parts people can help you find the best superstar battery for your vehicle and your budget. Make sure your vehicle's ready for the weather ahead by getting your battery tested for free at O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Starts with Jalen Hurst, and I think the RPO game has to really be relevant in this game. Dak Prescott needs to keep being the Dak Prescott that we saw over the last few weeks. Last time they played the Eagles, they did enough to win that game if he didn't step out of bounds. So he needs to keep being Dak, and they have the best chance to be on top of that division. Let's start right off the Eagles right now. By the way, been very physical most of the season and found ways to win against very good teams, and all of a sudden we're going to write them off because they play a bad game. So is it going to be kind of status quo, business as usual for the Cowboys are continuing to roll at home, or are they going to get a little wake-up call here? It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Joseph, I put it that way primarily because this is a game that the Cowboys should win, not can win, should win at this point. Expected to win. Yeah. Expected to win. You don't get to be in a situation where you get upset that people say you can't win big games, where everyone gets very excited about your wins over the Giants and the Commanders and all these nobodies. And then when we say you're expected to beat Philadelphia in this particular situation and say, whoa, 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 I mean, it's still the Eagles. No, 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 no. That's what they should be thinking in Dallas today is that the expectation should be to win, not the hope is to win, not the thought process is to win, the expectation. You're at home where you're undefeated and scoring 40 points per game. You have 10 days of rest. You're taking on an Eagles team that has a banged-up quarterback, a lousy defense, and is at the end of a run in which they played Monday against the Chiefs, then they played an overtime game against the Bills, then they went up against the Niners. Go back to the start of last season – 49ers opponents the week after playing the 49ers are 7 and 20. 7 and tw- they've won 7 of 27 games the week after playing the Niners because of how physical that encounter is. So, it's not fair or not unfair to say that the Cowboys are expected to win this game this week and Vegas agrees they're three and a half point favorites. Listen to Dak Prescott who is asked about the Cowboys and when CD Lamb after that blowout loss to the 49ers seem to call them out. We still back there? <laughs> well, look where you are now. Look where you were and look where you yeah, are Yeah, I mean, yeah, y'all panicked. We didn't. Because these are the moments that we've, we've prepared for, to be honest with you. I mean, not that we didn't for all these other past games, but, you know, we, we understood that we need all of these games. But this is the, this is the stretch in the season when, when you look at the schedule that you had to, to be excited about. Here's a problem, though, for me. Because they haven't beaten anybody, no. Because this is their history. That's why I don't believe they're going to win this game. That, You're picking Philadelphia. Well, listen, it, it is all setting up for the Cowboys to win this game. Like, there is no reason that they shouldn't. You just cited all the physicality of the game the Eagles had this past week. The Cowboys, with all this extra rest, this stretch for Philadelphia, all of it, Dallas continues to 
like when you hear from Dak there, that's fine. We didn't doubt ourselves. It, it's all good. Yeah, you haven't beaten a damn team yet. But I know what your history is. So are we going to get a rude wake-up call for the Cowboys this week who now believe that they have gotten over this hump and they're going to go and take care of business? Or are we going to get that wake-up call that will smack them in the face and be like, oh, no, 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 we're still that team that is not mentally tough enough to get it done against real teams that win football games and understand what having success in crucial situations is all about. I think we have to prepare for the conversation of when the Cowboys win this game, how legitimate are they? Because, again, the situation they're faced with, they beat Philadelphia last year. A lot of people point to, like, well, they did beat the Eagles last year. They have a great streak against the Eagles in Dallas. Well, last year it was Gardner Minshew. Like, we have to remember that. It was a close game, and it was Gardner Minshew. It wasn't Jalen Hurts. It's not to make any sort of excuse. It's just to put everything in the context. Here we go. If you win this game, which you are expected to win, which you should win, how do we then view the Cowboys come Monday morning? Because it's easy to look at the Eagles and say they're banged up. It's a tough spot. I don't know if I'm willing to buy in yet. Or there are people that might say, you know what? This year is different. And I think it's fair. I think it's fair if people want to come out and say this year is different. This Cowboys team has been beaten up on nobodies, and they had the Eagles game in front of them, and they took them out. And you know what? You can't give the Niners all that credit in the world for beating Philly and then not give Dallas all the credit in the world for beating Philly. So here we go. This is one of those measuring stick games. It's a confidence builder for the Cowboys to show that they can beat the better teams when they get to the playoffs. I don't see any reason why they should lose it. This is a game that they should expect themselves to win, not hope. They should expect. I totally agree. They should expect it, but I want hard evidence. I don't want chatter. Hard evidence would be nice to see. Now, are you? how are you going to feel about them on Monday? They win this game, as expected, against this team that is going through a particularly physical stretch. Where does the level jump up for you with Dallas? It, I won't say it goes through the roof for me, but it would certainly impress me. It would certainly impress me. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Right now, I am of the belief that there's no reason to take them all that serious in the playoffs. That's how I feel. But does this game put them ahead of the Eagles in your mind right near where the 49ers are because of the, the issues that we have seen with Philadelphia now? It puts them on par. It puts them on par, and I think that's fair because it's moving them up. The Eagles have shown the ability to win big games. They went to Arrowhead a few weeks ago and beat the Chiefs on Monday night. And I know the Chiefs are down a little bit, but they're still a playoff team, right? They're still going to win the division. It's still Patrick Mahomes. It was still at Arrowhead on a Monday night. It wasn't pretty, but they got it done. That's the thing Dallas hasn't been able to do. Dallas had a chance to win an ugly game in Philly a few weeks ago. They, They couldn't do it. They had a chance to go to San Francisco and do something with the Niners. They got blown out. This has been the issue for the Cowboys. So here we go. It doesn't need to look beautiful, but find a way to win this game, and I'll put you on par with Philadelphia. Because I know Philly can go into the playoffs and win games against big teams. I've seen it before. I, I, I haven't necessarily seen it from Dallas. Go win this game, and I'll start to give you a little bit more credit. I'm not going to sit here and say you're winning the NFC because I picked the Niners at the beginning of the season, and I'm sticking with that as of right now. But I will give you the thought process that if for some reason you need to go to Philly in the divisional round, I'd sit here and think twice about just blindly betting the Eagles. I'll tell you what. This is C.D. Lamb's game. This is C.D. Lamb's game. Like, there is no reason for him to not go off and have one of those, you know, 10-catch, 170-yard type games because it's all there in front of you. With as bad as they've been against the pass, this is going to be his game. And if it's not, 
Like if for some reason they are turning elsewhere, Joe, I don't think they'll win the game. I, I think their best player on offense, you know, with him and Dak, their two best players have to obviously go and win this game. And we know that with Dak. I think Lamb has to be that guy, though. Well, I they did just win a shootout against Seattle, and C.D. Lamb didn't factor in as a big reason in that game. It's not to downplay him, but I only remember that because I had the over on a lot of his receiving props, and it, they didn't hit. And yeah. that's not to knock that he didn't do much, but they were able to engage in a high-scoring shootout and win, and they didn't need C.D. Lamb to have a huge day to do that. But like, my when, point When's is, Miami going to do that without Tyreek Hill, right? Right. My point is for the Cowboys – all right, you've had it happen once. Do you want to keep testing that theory? No, 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 no. You, you have an opportunity point. against the secondary to go do that. I'm not saying it's necessary for him to have a big day, but your point is still still pretty solid there. Now, I believe it is necessary in this instance. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. I just looked up. Eh, I'll bring it up later, but I kind of missed the mustache. I just looked <laughs> up and realized at the screen, I, I missed Joe's mustache. It's been going for, you know, a few months. I know. I don't know why it it just popped up, and I'm like, ah, it kind of feels like I'm missing out on something. (laughs) Uh, Listen, Joe, we have done an excellent job this season of really dominating the uh, ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge. We, right now, I don't want to call it a funk, but we're, we're in a bit of a spell, and some people are closing in on us. And it's time to open it all up. And we'll explain how that's going to happen next on ESPN Radio. After I... ah, Sorry. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Ah, my friends. Hiring is personal. But that doesn't mean that you have to do it alone. Indeed's all-in-one hiring solution helps employers of all sizes source, interview, and hire candidates all from one place. When you can post a sponsored job on our platform, you get access to a large pool of quality candidates who have uploaded a resume to Indeed, and that could match your job description. That's right. So here's the deal. Make the hiring process work for you. Log in, get started today at Indeed.com slash hire. Hit it, boys. It's a team, man. It's a team. One guy can't do it. It takes all of us. ESPN Radio's Pick'em Challenge. Well, here's where we are, Joseph. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. That's where we are. But where we are is still, as we have been since day one, wire to wire, right through to this lead up to week 13 in first place. It's where we've been. However, Joe, there is somebody who is knocking on the door. And it is Freddie and Harry. We are at 25 wins, 13 losses, two ties after finishing one and two last week. Freddie and Harry, 24 wins, 14 losses, two ties. Then it's unsportsmanlike in game night at 22-16-2. Do we even have to mention mention Amber and Ian and Greeny anymore? I mean, it's just, it's sad. Wait, 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 wait. Unsportsmanlike is three games back? Yeah. Did they go 0-3 last week? They did. Okay. Because I was going to say, they were really tight and we didn't have a good week. So, obviously, they go 0-3, we go 1-2. So, it's Freddie and Harry who are now in the crosshairs. Uh, Unsportsmanlike put the old goose egg up on the board. 
that's what that's about. All right. Amber and Ian, 17, 21, and 2, inconsequential. Greeny, a laughing stock, frankly. 13, <laughs> 25, and 2. Take so that, Greeny, is- with all your success and spot in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, by the way, I heard he was getting after me on my little uh, nose blow. Oh, I, I went on both shows before us this morning and both wanted to talk about it. Of course they did. Everyone wanted to talk about the nose blow. Oh, make fun of Fatty. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's an easy target. We need material. Greeny Let's literally, segment. Greeny literally said, well, given the way Carlin looks, I didn't think a nose blow would sound like that. <laughs> uh, okay, you know what? I have a little bit of class and I don't want to be a stereotype, Joe. Sometimes I can't help it, but I don't want to be a stereotype. And let's just say, if you thought it was something else, i never do that in public. I can vouch. I watched it happen. It was a nose blow. <laughs> well, let's get to it, my All friend. Right. Bills at Chiefs. This is game one. The Chiefs, one and a half point favorites. What do you got? I like the Bills here. Situationally, Buffalo is coming off the bye. They have two weeks to get ready for this game. Kansas City is coming off back-to-back road games, the most recent of which was a Sunday nighter at Lambeau Field. So a relatively quick turnaround here. Kansas City's offense has topped 21 points just twice in seven games. Travis Kelsey's numbers are down. And while the Chiefs' strength of their defense is defending the pass, they do struggle a bit against the run. Josh Allen's going to use his legs in this game, and I think that's the difference. I would play the Buffalo Bills plus the point and a half. So what you're making me do is go all against my Josh Allen takes. That's what you're making me do. You don't have to. You are your own man. You can make a case for the Chiefs here. Uh, Allow me to do that for one second. Would you believe that this is going to be a one-score game? It feels like this is going to be a very tight game, yes. Joe, over the last three seasons, the Buffalo Bills in one-score games are 9-15. and In two-plus score games, in other words, two scores or more, 23-2. and two. So you're telling me when they blow people out, they win? That's what that I, is, 23-2 and two when they blow people out? I'm, I'm saying that when it's a, score, a game that is decided by two or more scores, they blow people out. Yeah. But when it is a game that is tight, eh. Now, we did destroy the Vikings for being such a good one-score game. Uh, our one score team last year and they were fraudulent right I'm going to ride with you here just because it's a Carlin can't lose situation Okay. because make no mistake if we lose this game I have been quiet so far Monday I will destroy that's not how that's going to work at all because last week your little Carlin can't lose when I sided with you blew up in our face. And I supported you. So if you go ahead and support me this week and back me, you're not going to be talking anything on Monday. Well, but here's the thing. It's the Josh Allen factor. You're making me go against all of my core beliefs. I'm not making you do anything. I'm sitting here enjoying my coffee, telling you why I like the Bills in this game. If you want to take the Chiefs, you can take the Chiefs, and then we can figure out how to get to the bottom of this. You don't have to side with me. If you hate them that much, push for the Chiefs, but you won't because last week when you made your big case, you lost. And I have a feeling when we get to the next game, you're going to be siding with me as well. Here's the deal. We will take the Bills. <laughs> plus one and a half. God, if Allen wins this Joe's game, it's going to have great. it. It's going to be great. I hope he throws four picks. I hope he. Broncos at Chargers. <laughs> oh, this one, huh? Broncos, Chargers. Congratulations oh, to Liam for sliding this one in. Yeah, exactly. This one's coming down to the last play of the game. I think we all see that one coming. <laughs> 
And if it could come down to the last play of the game being a horribly managed clock. Right. I mean, we absolutely God. know who's going to win. Chargers three-point favorites at home against the Broncos. Let's go. What do you got? I like Denver. Uh, the market is moving to two and a half. So if we're going to get the full field goal here, I think the smart play is to lean with Denver unless there's a great case for the Chargers. And I don't think there's a great case for the Chargers. I believe they've covered four spreads in 12 games this season. Denver's not great, but I'd rather have the three with Denver in what could be a low-scoring game than try to lay points with a Chargers team that is one-dimensional on offense and stinks on defense. And they're not very good at all defending the run. If the Broncos can run this game or run the ball, they can at least dictate some tempo and take some of the pressure off of Russell Wilson's shoulders as well as their defenses. So I lean towards taking the points here. I also lean toward taking the points here. We do agree on this game. And I'm going to give everybody out there an extra little gift. You just mentioned a low-scoring game. This season, the Chargers are one of the best teams in the league at hitting the under. Mm. They are 9-3 and three at hitting the under this year. And Denver has hit the under in six of the last seven. You're welcome. How do you hit the under that often with a crap defense if you're the Chargers? That I don't know. That is horrible what that says about their offense. I, I don't know, but they do it well. 9-3. and 9-3. and three. Only the Steelers before last night were better at 10-2. and two. And I wouldn't course, use the word better. I mean, <laughs> they're gay, they, they have more low scoring games. <laughs> yes. Subjectively worse. Eagles at Cowboys. All right. Cowboys, three and a half point favorites over the Eagles. I know where you're leaning here. I'm laying it. Go ahead. What are you doing? Here's the thing. I, I completely under, I, I'm fine with, with taking the Cowboys here, even though I, I do believe in the Eagles in this spot and I'm, kind of against the Cowboys, just that's more of a philosophical thing, and I can recognize that in my brain. I can split with you. I can split with you. If you're going to lean with me on Buffalo, I can lean with you on Philly if you want to do it. No, Um, no, no. Joe Fordball is nothing if not just. No, he is accurate. Accurate. Quite just. Thought it was your middle name. Uh, (laughs) Joseph Just Fortinball the fourth. (laughs) (laughs) The thing I would say here, though, is I'm fine with it because all of the metrics lead you to the Cowboys. All of the true facts lead you that way. And this is a game that you feel very strongly about. So I am going to lead with you here. Okay. And there will be no repercussions for your actions. On this, <laughs> <laughs> this one, no repercussions. The Bills Chiefs repercussions. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I don't even need money on Bills Chiefs right now. I, I am so excited at the prospect of Allen playing well enough to win that game for us to have to discuss this on Monday. I'll give you one more that's going to bug me about it. All right. Chiefs haven't lost two straight since the beginning of 2021. Yeah, I'm, but this is not the same offense. This is not the same team. I they, agree. They, they, they've topped 21 points in two of seven. How many times have they done that in the last few years? Okay, once again, the picks. We are taking the Bills plus one and a half in Kansas City. We are taking the Broncos plus three against the Chargers, and we are taking the Cowboys minus three and a half in the ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge, correct? Correct. Across the board, that's where we are. Still in first place. And I think we safely need to acknowledge that we need to get our act in gear, so to speak, as we approach the home stretch. Jeff Darlington next. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.